This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. We're live. We're live on YouTube. What's going on, everybody? I hope everyone's doing well. There's a lot of waiver wire talk this week that we got to oh, yeah. do. There's a lot of running back injuries, a lot of running backs we can actually pick up on the waiver wire and start in week five. Um, so, you know, this is kind of. I don't want to say this is what we've been waiting for. We've been not waiting for any injuries. We've been but waiting for the injuries the waiver has been The waiver wire <laughs> has been a little weak yeah. over the past you know, few weeks. You know, we got a couple of wide receivers here and there, like you know, Curtis Samuel in week one. Romeo you know, Dubs. Yeah. Romeo Dubs. You know, if you picked up Tyler Higby after yeah. week one or week two, you're, you're looking like, how many targets did he have last night? Like 12, 13 targets? I think he yeah, uh, hasn't registered at 14. <laughs> 14 targets uh through five weeks i'm sorry through four weeks the dude is leading all tight ends in targets and he is the tight end five on the season behind kelsey andrews hawkinson and Ertz. uh he's an every week start at this yeah. point um but let's get into a little bit of news jonathan taylor he didn't practice but there is a chance that he plays this week uh if he doesn't go are you taking a shot you know, with with any of these, with any of these Colts running backs outside of Naheem Hines, I'm not really, and it just comes down because the Colts offense, even with Jonathan Taylor in, has not been very good at all, and that kind of I think it comes down to um, Matt Ryan. <laughs> I mean, I know they have been protecting him, but Matt Ryan hasn't been um, what we wanted him to be. We thought maybe behind a slightly better offensive line in Indianapolis, he'd be able to perform a little bit, but um, that hasn't been the case. He's been a turnover machine. And because he's a turnover machine, the Colts' offense really hasn't been on the field that much, and they're often in negative game scripts, so not handing the ball off. They're, they're usually throwing it. Um, Morale Cox got the the beneficiary of that uh, last week. He showed up pretty big. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not taking any shots and, like, hoping for the best. I mean, maybe Naeem Hines, like you said, he'll be there. He might be in for a bit of an increased workload. I'm not seeing him doing much better um, than Taylor has this season. It's not like he's going to step in and be – a big difference maker. I, I'm just kind of taking my hands off right now if I'm looking for a running back on the waiver wire. I think there are plenty of better options. Do you think that there are plenty of better options than Naheem Hines if Jonathan Taylor were to miss, though? Because I feel like out of all the options that we're going to talk about in week five, I think I'd rather start, if, if, let's say JT misses, right? I think I'd rather start, you know, Naheem Hines. Uh, over a lot of the guys, you know, that we have. And just to give a little bit of a preview, you know, I think Raheem Mostert, obviously, I think I'd rather, I'd rather play Raheem Mostert most likely. But outside of that, you know, Tyler Algier, Mike Boone, Caleb Huntley, you know, these guys, Latavius Murray, you know, it's a little bit of a crapshoot in terms of like what their workload is going to look like. Um, yeah. So, so I, know, I guess... especially if it's a one-week play. I think Naheem Hines, you know, most likely 
will be on the field more than 50% of snaps, maybe 60% of snaps, right? And, and yeah. you know, I can see him getting being a little bit more involved, you know, in the pass game as well, you know, running a bunch of routes, getting getting some targets, you know. So I can mm-hmm. see him putting up an RB2 type of week with a little bit of upside. And that's fine. You know, I guess if you're talking about for, like, this week only. Yeah, you know, this I'm week look, only. Yeah. I, I'm looking at, um, you know, Tyler Algier. His matchup this week is pretty bad. He's playing the Bucs. Um, other guys that we had on the wire. Um, who else did we have? They're running back. There's someone else. Mike Boone. Um, Mike Boone. It's, it's, I mean, it is the Colts defense, but we still don't know. You know, Melvin Melvin Gordon might still be getting the majority of the looks. We have to see how that plays out. But we, we kind of tagged Mike Boone as a guy that could see um, actually a pretty decent workload because of Melvin Gordon's recent fumbling issues and just trouble protecting the ball in general. Yeah, no, I hear that. All right, before we get into the waivers officially, let's just go over the game last night. We talked about Tyler Higby. He looks like he's the number two target in L.A. Uh, Let's take the L and Allen Robinson right now. I should have been took it. Jesus, are you you cutting? Are you cutting Allen Robinson right now? Like we said that you can't start him this week, right? Like he was on our bench going into week four. Are, Are we cutting dead weight? Is that what we're doing? With Allen Robinson, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want. I don't <laughs> want to. Come. I'm still holding on. So it's one thing if he didn't get any targets, but he actually got like actually a relatively decent amount of targets for what what we've seen him do this season. He had what six targets last night, so it wasn't that bad. But it's not good. Obviously, I'm still leaving him on the bench at this point. But I don't think he's a cut candidate just yet. One more bad week, then yeah. I think we could talk about maybe just cutting them outright. But as things stand right now, um, the Rams offense still is in a funk. And it looked all right the past two weeks. But it's just, you know, the two weeks before, you know, obviously last night. But um, I I think the Rams offense still has a ways to go yet. I don't know if they're ever going to get back to that. Maybe Odo Beckham was the catalyst for a good offense. But that clearly wasn't the case last season because they added him partway through the season. you know, I, I want to see more from the Rams offense. And I think that Allen Robinson, I, I'm going to keep him just in case things uh, turn on a dime. He has three games uh, so far out of four with, with two catches or less. You know, his one good game, four for 53 and a touchdown, you know, almost two touchdowns in that game. This week, he might see Trayvon Diggs. He gets Carolina in week six and then a bye. Yeah. Right. So there's a chance that he's sitting on your bench next week, the week after. And the week after that, well, the week after that, you definitely put him on your bench because he has a bye week. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to keep him for that long? I say that if you need to cut him, cut him. And if you can afford it, leave him on your bench. Yeah. Cooper Cup, 17 targets. Obviously, you know, we, we you know, nothing surprising there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Higby, 14 targets as well. You know, we talked about that. He's somebody that you got to keep in your lineup at this point every single week. He is a solid tight end one, leading all tight ends and targets. Uh, who would have saw that coming? Tyler Higby versus Allen Robinson. Who's getting more targets this year? Um, yeah, right. <laughs> it's looking like Higby is going to, you know, do his thing. I, I saw a tweet yesterday that, you know, through the first drive of yesterday's game, Tyler Higby has already outscored Kyle Pitts. Yeah. You know, on the week. <laughs> it's, like, dude. it's unfortunately yeah, it's, true. He had, I think it was three catches on the first drive. Yeah. And granted, yeah, it wasn't for, it wasn't for much yardage, but, um, you know, he's imagine- very involved though, man. Yeah, he is 100%. The thing is, he's not terribly efficient. You know, he's not like this talent that's going to go crazy with that volume, obviously because he's had this type of volume a couple of weeks and he hasn't really like exploded, but um, yep. you know, imagine Kyle Pitts with this volume. How awesome would that be? <laughs> it's too bad. It's only, it's, it's, it's only a dream, man. It's only yeah. a dream. 
It's only a dream. You know, I, I don't think it's, you know, right now we talked about cockpits the other day. Like it, it's just not going to happen right now. It's not yeah. going to happen. I mean, you know, Tyler, he'd be on his, he, you know, 1.71 yards per route run. That's not bad. It's, you know, Darren Waller right now, you know, at 1.29. But, you know, <laughs> Kyle Pitts at right, right above him at 1.72. You know why? His, his yards per route run is so high because he ain't running no damn routes. Right. That's why. <laughs> yeah. That's why. All Divide right. by anyway. zero error. Anyway, I can't talk about cockpits <laughs> anymore. I'm gonna get too emotional. You start yeah. sweating over here. Uh, Dal Henderson, uh, he ended up out snapping Cam Akers last night. He played 60% of the snaps. Uh, Akers got the short yardage stuff, um, but uh, Dal Henderson got all of the passing down work, including the third down and two minute snaps. Actually, I'm looking over here. Actually, Dal Henderson got the short short yardage stuff. So, <laughs> not ideal. This backfield can go back and forth every single week, but you know. You know, Henderson is in a situation now where it's like, all right, well, you can plug him in and hope for something. Whereas, you know, you're not going to know what's going to happen, you know, depending on the the game script. Uh, but Dell Henderson isn't useless. You can throw him in, throw him in your lineup, you know, and hope for the best because he could get some goal line work. You know, he could get some work in the pass game. But is this backfield is not ideal? Um, it's going to be back and forth. This is like the worst type of committee. Yeah, no, it really because, is because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, 100%. And we talked about maybe Cam Akers being the guy, and then suddenly after week one is Daryl Henderson's the guy. And we're just hoping that leans one way so we're not sitting here guessing every week, and that's what we're getting. <laughs> we're just going to sit Pretty here. Pretty much. Who is it going to be this week? You know, th- this week it was Daryl Henderson, but it's not looking like the ceiling is awfully high, regardless of who gets the majority of the touches. Um, so I'm kind of, you know, hands off. Daryl Henderson's the my pick, too. If you're going to play one of them, I'd pick Daryl Henderson at this point because he seems to have more consistent quality workload. Um, Akers just didn't look very good running the ball last night either, but it was, like I said, just a rough showing for the Rams overall on offense. Jeff Wilson continued where he left off. Um, he's been a solid fill-in uh, at your RB2 spot. You know, nothing too crazy, right? Around 12 PPR points over the last three weeks, just staying right around that spot yep. know, in relief of Elijah Mitchell. Uh, that would put him at the RB20 over the last three weeks. So RB20, solid RB2. Yeah. Um, so let, let's go ahead and get right into the waiver wire, man. Um, anything else that stood out to you last night? Or was that pretty much it? Uh, George Kittle had a quiet night, which was kind of disappointing. That's my it was. That's one of my takeaways there because you know we know what he can be. Um, they I, they weren't you know they didn't have to push the ball downfield. They didn't have to utilize. I don't think their full arsenal. You know Debo Samuel when he takes the offense and puts it on his back. You know runs through five six Rams defenders including Jalen Ramsey for a touchdown. It's tough to get um, any um, scoring done as a tight end because Debo Samuel was going off last night. <laughs> I, I hear that, man. I hear that. It is disappointing. Um, I think I'm going to keep Kittle in my lineup next week, see what happens, and it's going to be a Kyle Pitts type of situation. If he doesn't do do his thing, then I'm going to I'm going to end up benching him. And it's unfortunate because he's such a good talent. You know, yeah. maybe he's still a little bit banged up, but you know, we're, we're looking to see some more more targets out of him. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Um, George Pickens I have here at number one. Uh, he is available in about 50% of leagues. If he is available, I think he has the most upside 
out of anybody that you're going to be able to grab on waivers. Uh, I think Pickens has the most upside out of this list. And then I had Rashad White here at number six. Uh, he has he has the second most upside, I think, out of anybody on this list. Um, and the reason why is because if, if Leonard Fournette were to get hurt, Rashad White, you know, would step in and be in every down back for Tom Brady and, and that Bucks offense. Uh, and we'll get to him. But, you know, he did play a little bit last week and he played, you know, relatively early in that game, despite him losing that fumble very early on special teams. Um, you know, he's, he's still got some work, you know, on offense with Leonard Fournette not playing so well. Uh, But but we'll get there. George Pickens, you know, he simply has the most upside of these guys, right? Like all these guys. And and that's what I'm shooting for. If I'm, if I'm, if I could, if I don't care if I'm grabbing a running back or a wide receiver and like, I don't necessarily need anybody to plug in next week. You can plug him in too. You know, 30% target share in week four, 22% target share in week three. There's a quarterback change as well, right? There's a lot of reasons to have hope for Pickens. Uh, And the hope is that Kenny Pickens, uh, Kenny Pickens, I'm going to get this wrong all year long. (laughs) Kenny Pickens and George Pickett Pickett. (laughs) can come in. I think he can come in and unleash that talent for these wide receivers, potentially, right? Um, You know, including Deontay Johnson as well, who's been solid in PPR. Like, he's at a high floor. But, you know, only the wide receiver 24 coming into week three, we know that he he has wide receiver one type of upside. uh, But his ceiling has been capped, right? And if he's available in your – if Pickens is available in your league, you know, I think I'm dropping, you know, decent amount of fab, you know, maybe mm-hmm. 15, 20%. Does that sound about right? Or you're going more or less? I think, think I think 15 is where I kind of cap out. Um, I would I would bet on the guys in your league kind of taking, you know, a less optimistic view because, you know, we saw Kenny Pickett. Obviously, he was good on the ground um, through, the, through the air. He threw three picks. Granted, they, they weren't all his fault. Um, he is a rookie quarterback on a bad offense. So I, I'd take advantage. Maybe some people might not be that tuned in to the idea of George Pickens being a waiver wire pickup this week. Um, I, I would maybe tone it down, maybe 15. You know, if you think the upside's there, which it could be, and I agree, I like George Pickens, especially with Kenny Pickett at quarterback, but um, you can shoot for the 20. I, I, I'm kind of capping out at 15, though. Now, let me ask you this. Is Pickens too high here at number one? And let me just go over who I have uh, the rest of the way. I have Pickens at number one, Raheem Moser at number two, Tyler Algier at number three, Mike Boone at number four, Michael Gallup at number five, followed by Rashad White, Caleb Huntley, Isaiah McKenzie, Zay Jones, and Rondell Moore. Is there anybody you know in that maybe top five that you'd rather pick up over George Pickens? No, not really. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. I don't think that he's too high. I, I just think that you know 20% of my budget is a little bit pricey for me for a receiver. You know, he, We know he has the talent. But he's still on a bad offense, like I said. And Kenny Pickett, you know, these rookie quarterbacks tend to come in and, you know, flash in their first start, you know, especially when they come in halfway through the game. But then things can get a little dicey um, down the stretch if they start a few games um, down the line. So I'm going to kind of – I'm not taking the under, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not taking the over either. I'm just going to kind of sit right in the middle. Like I said, 15 – I might throw 15 at him if I'm going for a receiver in George Pickens. He does have okay. upside, though, to be a solid wide receiver for you. With Kenny Pickett there. Yeah, I think so. And we saw what he's capable of in the preseason. We saw Pickett finding George Pickens in the end zone, you know, in the preseason. Uh, and I think they're going to have a little bit of rapport. In the second half of that game, when Pickens came in, he was, when Pickett came in, he was uh, targeting Pickens uh, a ton. So that's, that's yeah. good to see. Uh, Reed Mostert, I have him at number two. Don't forget about Thursday night. Uh, you know, he dominated usage uh, in passing situations. He played on 72% of snaps. This is a good offense. 
you know, obviously this week they're going to have Teddy Bridgewater, but, you know, once, you know, Tua is back, this offense should start to roll once again. And I think you want pieces of this offense if they're available. Uh, and listen, maybe this goes back and forth between Mostert and Edmonds, but I'd take the shot, you know, given a couple of weeks of Mostert having the upper hand here. <laughs> Mostert has the upper hand. It fits he does. the theme of the podcast 100%. Um, I, I think Mostert's a good uh, pickup. I don't know if I'd put him over Tyler Algier at this point. I guess maybe if you're thinking for immediately this week, maybe I'd take Raheem Mostert over Tyler Algier. But I like Tyler Algier uh, longer term with Cordero Patterson on the short-term IR. Raheem Mostert, I, I think that he's still liable to lose some work to Chase Edmonds, and that's going to come in the passing game. Uh, I don't think his ceiling is that high. It's as, I don't think it's as high as Tyler Algier. Um, I get it, though, because this is a good offense. And we've seen Raheem Mostert. He kind of looked like the Raheem Mostert that we saw back in San Fran, um, especially after the first two weeks where Raheem Mostert wasn't doing very much. Um, it's nice to see him doing that. You might have got people that a few people that drafted him or picked him up. They might have dropped him after those first two weeks. Um, if he's sitting there on the wire, you could take him 100%. Um, but I don't think he's going to have incredible upside. Not that Tyler Algier is going to have much incredible upside either, but I think Tyler Algier has a bit more upside than Mostert. Yeah, if I'm looking for, if I need a back for this week, I'm, ask, I'm actually starting Tyler Algier over Raheem Mostert uh, because I, I don't know what that backfield is going to look like in, in Miami. So I'm, I'm grabbing Mostert as like a prospective ad. If I need to throw him in the lineup, I will. But it could, like you said, it could go back and forth. However, for the long term, you know, if Raheem Mostert is that guy and I see that he's that guy, I have a pretty good asset on my hands for the rest of the season, right? With Tyler Algier, you know, if when Cordell Patterson comes back, you know, after four weeks, it's possible that this this backfield is kind of handed back to Patterson uh, mm-hmm. and Algier is either borderline startable or not startable. Um, yeah. So that's kind of I'm taking my shot on somebody who might have, you know, uh, value all season long. Now, it is possible moving on to Tyler Algier, number three, it is possible that that this run game <laughs> is annoying even without Cordell Patterson, right? Mm-hmm. In, in terms of not knowing who the guy is any given week, you know, you know, Algier and Caleb Hundley ended up splitting time last, you know, on Sunday. Algier did end up out snapping Huntley forty four percent to twenty nine percent. He ran way more routes than Huntley. He was their passing down guy, uh, but Huntley ended up getting most of the goal line snaps and ended up with that goal line touchdown. So, you know, it's like, all right, well, I hope Algier can get some goal line touchdowns, right? I, I yeah, and I had to choose between these two guys, and I was going back and forth. But I, I think I prefer going with the guy who is getting more snaps uh, and passing down work because the goal line stuff might flip, right? That might flip. It, it has a chance to flip. Algier, he looked really good on the ground. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this offensive line is really good. They're creating a ton of holes, and I really liked Algier coming out of BYU uh, a lot more than other people. We talked about this with our rookie draft kit. You know, you'll see that Algier is pretty highly rated, you know, compared to other, you know, how other people viewed him. Um, but, you know, Algier was legit at the goal line in college. He he led all FBS schools with 23 rushing touchdowns last year. Um, you know, he has it in him. So I do lean Algier. I think that could potentially flip. Um, now, I think Huntley is uh, worth picking up, too. I have him here at number seven. And, yeah. you know. Be- because he looked good as well, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and and we talked about this uh, a potential bad matchup against New Orleans. Right, that's who they're going up against. Oh, they're going up against they're the Bucs, right? Bucks. yeah. But if you look at, like, the Bucs, what they're doing this year, they're not as stout as they were these past few years. Um, And it's like, 
you know, looking at what these other running backs were able to do against the Bucks, like I'm not really scared about it, especially given the fact that Atlanta's offensive line, especially in the run game, they've been legit. So I think, you know, Atlanta's offensive line is actually going to win this battle against Tampa Bay. So I'm not necessarily staying away from Tyler Algier uh, this week. So, you know, now, by the way, don't forget about Damian Williams. And I do have him, at, you know, somewhere in Further the down the list, here yeah. as, a, as a pickup. Yeah, at, at 15. He was the original starter, okay? Uh, they put him on ice through the entire preseason, you know, because he was their starter. He, it's not like he had a lower body injury or anything like that. It was a rib injury. So when he comes back, I expect him to be ready to go if they need him. So he started the season ahead of Cordell Patterson before he got hurt. So, you know, can't forget about him. So if you're looking more long-term, past this week he's on ir for one more week so he's eligible to return in week six you might want to consider damian williams over huntley right that's a possibility you know what i'm saying i think i prefer to grab algier you know a lot of people forgetting about damian williams they're going to grab huntley and you might be able to get you know damian williams for like a dollar you know what i mean because people forgot about him and not that many people knew that he had those first few snaps and first few runs early on in yeah. the season before he got hurt and had that rim injury. So it's an interesting, a very interesting situation in Atlanta. There's a lot to digest there, uh, but that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, and that's our TED Talk on the Falcons running back. <laughs> <laughs> we just covered everybody in the Falcons' backfield for you. I, I think you might be able to get Damian Williams for free. I think you might be able to put zero down and just go. That'd be awesome. I, I think you 100% could because, you know. And, and I think that could end up being, like, a great move for yeah. you. Even at a dollar, two dollars, you know. Yeah. Um. Don't tell your friends about this if you uh, want to get Damian Williams, you know, <laughs> for for cheap. I think he could come back and do really well. Um. Depending on how Tyler Algier plays, you know, he might split some time more or less. Um. If Tyler Algier plays well, he might earn himself some more snaps. Um. Alongside Damian Williams, but I think Caleb Huntley, he's only really going to be relevant. Uh. This week, assuming Damian Williams comes back on track from his injury. Right. Right, right. I could see that. So I guess we're picking up Damian Williams over Huntley then. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I think you look at the upside right now. If if you need a really fast plug and play, you know, you're desperate at running back. I think Caleb Huntley, you know, you want to pick him up, obviously, because right. Damian Williams won't be playing. So I think in yeah. that sense, Caleb Huntley has more immediate value. Um, but Damian exactly. Williams has a chance to return on investment down the line. Exactly. And that's why we have these indicators on here where Caleb Huntley is a short term guy. And uh, Damian Williams is a long-term guy. 